0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Welcome in to Talking Terps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Terps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter.
2: On Twitter. Welcome to Talking Turf. I'm your host, C.T. Schwing. Thank you for joining us this May 26, 2016. Whoa, that's a tongue twister there. Right before Memorial Day weekend. You should subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, we're back a little bit of uh, some unscheduled action here. I know at the, the top of the last show, I was like, okay, we're going to take it easy until football. But, uh, you know, then Melo Trimble decided to come back to school. So that's a big deal. We need to talk about it. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Zach Kiesel. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well, CT. How are you?
2: Doing well, thank you. How has your, uh, your first week as a college graduate been? Uh, it's
0: good. Working on the resume, pushing it out, also trying to relax as much as possible. Um, I'm looking forward to barbecue and some lacrosse this weekend. It's going to be fun.
2: Nice. You got any, got any big plans for the weekend?
0: Not any huge plans, just basically barbecuing, drinking, and watching lacrosse. What about you?
2: I uh, also, nothing nothing too crazy, going to venture to the Annapolis area. Got a couple cookout on Saturday and then one on Sunday. Got uh, I'm a big soccer guy, so I'm really excited for the Champions League final on Saturday. So I'll watch that and then follow that up with the, uh, what time is that, that Terps lacrosse game on? Any idea?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I, I The I'll, women I'll play tomorrow off. evening. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to look at the schedule at some point.
2: Yeah, we should, uh, I mean, we're, we're here to uh, really talk about that. I guess we should probably be up on our, our final four now. I'll, I'll get that to everyone in a second. Um, just a quick note before we get into it. If you, this is your first time listening, uh, you've listened, you know, we, this is our fifth episode, I think. So if you've only listened to a couple, I would highly recommend going back and listening to our previous show. We uh, we talked to Tim Strachan from, he's a he's the Terps radio analyst he uh covers the team he was nice enough to join us and uh talk football talk dj durkin talk andy boo uh which is how we found out that you correct you correctly pronounce his name so it was uh it was a good time it was good having having tim on um it seems like you guys were you guys are, are friendly i was not aware
0: well he's he's done some work for the site before and we're both i mean terps football is is kind of my thing I focus mm-hmm. on Terps football writing for the site and obviously Tim's a huge Terps football guy. So we've talked before. Uh, he's, he's obviously very insightful about Maryland football. So yeah, like you said, anybody who hasn't listened to last week's episode or the episode we recorded a couple days ago, definitely go back and do that because he is an insider in every sense of the word. He walks the halls. Yeah. So, um, and he has more access than a lot of guys in the media. Um, And he gives he gives great insight. And, hey, times are looking up for uh, for Terps football. So it's time to time to get started on that. But like you mentioned, today is all about basketball.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk Romelo, the glorious son. He returns with some feet dragging, but he's back uh he opts to not enter the NBA draft he held out till it was very nearly an 11th hour decision on his part uh i can't really blame him i, I think he wanted to go but you know in the end he, he realized that maybe he wouldn't get drafted and let's uh let's go back and hone the craft for for one more year um he was pretty much so i kind of want to get into let's let's be selfish here and talk about ourselves uh yesterday was agonizing for sure i i woke up the first thing i did was check twitter um you know i had in the the previous couple of days i figured that it would come down to wednesday because you know there wasn't a whole lot of chatter and when the day finally came that's pretty much just you know just keep that that mellow, trimble tremble search going in twitter and uh waiting 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 there were a couple times where i knew i wouldn't be able to look at my phone whenever i wanted so i was worried that he was gonna make his decision during that period of time. Thankfully he, he waited till after dinner for me. Um, But he's back and it's exciting. And um, you know, while he hasn't realized his NBA dreams yet, those are still to come. But uh, until then let's, uh, let's try and get a big 10 title. Zach, how would, how did you manage your day? I know you probably did about the same thing. All Terps fans were, were glued to their cellular devices, but how did, how did you handle yesterday? And how did you take the news?
0: Yeah, it was it was just about the same thing, um, you know, uh, just refreshing Twitter nonstop um, throughout my day, whether I was laptop, phone, whatever it was. Um, and when he finally, I, you know, by about four o'clock, I had just given up. I'm like, all right, I'm just I'm going to figure it out when I figure it out. I'm not going to agonize over it anymore. Um, so eventually I, I checked Twitter and, you know, it's like, oh, 10 minutes ago, he uh, he decided to come back. I'm like, well, good. You know, I kind of figured you know, there was that general feeling over the past few days, like, all right, he probably wants to come back. And then there was the the little tidbit from Chris Knocky on one of our other radio shows, the Ken Weinman show, um, that Mello, that he had heard Mello texted his teammates in the morning telling them he'd be back. Um, so it was all kind of setting up for the same thing. I would have been more surprised if he had decided to leave. Um, but, you know. He's back and and everything's everything's well in
1: College Park.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm I'm glad he what I'll ne- what I'll call from now on. I'm glad he didn't pull Jordan Williams. Although I think Jordan Williams got drafted, but uh, what I mean by that is leaving to go to the NBA and disappearing from uh, from all basketball. So he didn't go that route. He's going to be back for his junior season. Um, I think we need to dive into kind of what this means in terms of. Next year uh, I think uh, the obvious thing is that Maryland would have lost its entire starting five, which, you know, automatically stamps you with the rebuild. And now they have, you know, the guy back, you know, everyone else, you could argue, uh, you know, played better than Melo Mello at different times in the season, but you know, Mello has always been the guy. So he is back. Um, the backcourt is, is stocked. Um, it might be a little bit raw at points, but Uh, There's certainly no guard depth issues anymore. That was a a huge problem uh, last year. And I mean, it just, it just brings, he just brings that experience back to this team. Uh, And and furthermore for his legacy, I think it, you know, cements him. If he, if he comes, if he bounces back and, you know, has a great year and he's able to to be drafted and and do all that stuff, he, he can cement himself as one of the great Terrapins of all time. And, you know, he's, Plenty good. And, you know, his freshman year is phenomenal, but I don't, he, I don't think he's quite on that level yet. Um, so this is, this is big time. Um, any, anything you want to get into on, on that front before we, you know, round things out with the Justin Jackson discussion, bring him into the fold because that's obviously big news as well.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, you mentioned a lot of it. Uh, the biggest thing for me is just his experience and his leadership um, at times last year, he probably deferred leadership to Suleiman a lot. This is really his year to step up, not only as a player, but as a leader on the team, everybody's going to be looking to him, um, uh, you know, from Anthony Cowan to Dion Wiley to, you know, guys like hoarder and Jackson, they're all going to be looking to Trimble, Um, and he, he's arguably the most important guy that could have come back, um, You know, even if in a fantasy world, Diamond Stone could have come back. Um, You know, I think Mello Trimble's more important just because of the position that he plays. Point guard is obviously the most important position on the court. Um, And he's very good at distributing. And he's also he's proven he can also score as well. Last year, obviously, he struggled a lot, but he's got a lot of room for improvement and he was hurt last year. So see what he can do uh, with a full, healthy season. And he really does make everyone around him better when he's playing at his best. And that's what the great ones do. Um, The guard depth, as you mentioned, is a lot better now. You know, he, he now takes a lot of pressure off guys like Jalen Brantley and Anthony Cohen to come in and, you know, especially Cohen to come in and produce immediately. He can play more of a reserve role, at least in the beginning of the year. It also may open up opportunities for Trimble to play off the ball. Um, It seems like Turgeon wants to do that a little more. He wanted to do that a little more last year. It seemed like with Brantley running the point that didn't work out as well as he had planned. But I think this year when you've got Brantley with another year of experience and you've got a guy like Cohen, I think you might see Trimble be able to played, be played off the ball, which may help him jumpstart sometimes his scoring if he happens to go into slump. So it's obviously great news for the program. It, it, it only raised the expectations for this season. Um, They were probably going to, you know, the expectations were still that they were going to get into the tournament without Trimble. Now the expectations are heightened both nationally and in conference play. And, you know, with the addition of Justin Jackson today, that, that only multiplied by huge
2: amounts. Yeah, so I think his addition, it kind of, pardon me, it kind of, I wouldn't say it cements them, but it, it puts them in the top 25 realm, and uh, for those of you who aren't aware at home and don't uh, stalk the message boards all day, like uh, those of us behind the microphones, Justin Jackson, he's a top 40 Canadian high school prospect. Um, he was down to Maryland, Oregon, and UConn. Um, he scrubbed Oregon from his list, uh, Oregon and Yukon last night and picked the Terps. And I think uh, a, a couple things happened. I mean, Earlier in the day, you had um, Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey deciding that they were going to return to Oregon and not going to the NBA draft. And then uh, you had Nello Trimble decide that he was going to return. So I think that that helped those pieces moving, helped, you know, get him over to the Terps. And uh, it seems like he fills that that void at the three pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think you're also going to see him play some four. Um, you know, yes. with the way that the Terps roster is set up now, um, adding Jackson's great. He's not a power forward. Um, in an ideal world, they pick up a power forward in the transfer market. There really weren't any of those type of guys available. Um, so you're going to have Dodd play the five with Tchaikovsky, and Bender will probably play the four and the five a little. But as far as starting, um, you're going to see Gill um, L.J. Gill, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, probably be more of a reserve role. And Jackson's going to get more starting minutes um, at the three and the four. Um, it, it's going to depend a lot on what Turgeon wants to do um, in the backcourt, whether he wants to go with three guards or whether he wants to load up on more wing players. And I think you're going to see lineups where it's a little bit of both. Um, so this, this Jackson addition gives Turgeon a ton of lineup flexibility. You know, I just mentioned playing Trimble off the ball. Well, now you've got more flexibility at the three and the four where you've got guys like Nickens coming back. You've got a guy like Kevin Horder who could even play the three a little. Um, and then you've got Jackson and Gill who could probably play the three and the four relatively interchangeably. You're going to see these smaller lineups. Um, it's not going to be a situation where you've got You've got DeMonte Dodd and Diamond Stone on the court at the same time. Um, It's going to be a smaller, lighter, faster Maryland team, and I think it's going to push Turgeon to get rid of more of the half-court offense and move to more of a quick, up-tempo transition offense that's so popular nowadays.
2: Yeah, first of all, my one concern with, the roster kind of filling out and by the way it should be mentioned that uh, turgeon does still have a scholarship to use so yeah. um there is chatter about who's still available in the transfer market um you know if if he can come through and land uh valparaiso's alec peters like that would be phenomenal but um really just like a warm body that can you know eat a couple minutes uh at really the at the wing position that's that's fine Um, so there is still a guy to, to be thrown into this mix, but what kind of concerns me is over the last couple of years, Turgeon has had kind of, uh, trouble figuring out lineups. He's, he's very quick to, uh, to pull the hook on guys or like all five dudes that are out there. Um, you know, I'm not really, I'm not expressing overall doubt in Turgeon, but I think having so many options and being able to, to move guys in and out so quickly that, he might not settle on the lineup or the, the lineups or the rotation, uh, you know, later on in the season when when I think things need to be a little bit steadier. I think that's kind of always been, um, you know, one of ter- the chinks in Turgeon's armor, if you will. So I worry about that a little bit. I, but I do like the fact that we will probably not see a whole lot of, uh, Dodd Tchaikovsky packages, um, it was kind of unfortunate that Turgeon it was never really to really able to crack the code on how to use, you know, two, two big guys, that are loaded front court in at the same time and be super effective consistently. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm excited to see that go. Um, but otherwise it's, you know, things are pretty well stocked and we can, we'll, we'll probably see, you know, a four guard lineup at some point. Like that's, that'll just be a fun thing if you like college basketball. So, um, this is this is really exciting. I mean, how quickly things change. I mean it was uh pretty much you know, over a fourteen hour span that you know, Maryland went from being borderline irrelevant in college basketball to, you know, being a top twenty five ish team. So this is uh this is good times to be a Terp.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that there's no reason why this team as it as it's currently made up can't be a top fifteen, top twenty team. Um, they've got a ton of talent on the team. It's just going to be about them playing together. And I think the fact that Melo Trimble is coming back is only going to help that. He's going to help speed up that process of them playing together. Um, you know, when, you, when you've got all these young guys, guys who haven't played in a while, guys who haven't had starter minutes, minutes ever, you know, Deion Wiley, Jared Nickens, um, you know, DeMonte Dodd, these are guys that are going to have to step into starting roles where they haven't really had to do that yet. Um and then you've got young guys like Cowan and Hoarder and Jackson and Gill um who are looking to a leader. And I think the fact that Melo Trimble came back, you know, it's obviously bigger than the Jackson edition. Um it's the biggest edition they could have had all off season. And it shouldn't be ignored as far as the Jackson edition that this uh Marilyn Terrapin's two thousand sixteen class is now a top ten recruiting class. Yeah. Um and
2: that's let's that's, give it up.
0: Yes. And that's without, you know, you mentioned the extra scholarship, you know, Turgeon could still go out and get somebody. It probably won't have much of an impact on the rankings. Um, But I think, you know, a few years ago, Jonathan Graham, if I remember correctly, was a very late addition when they had an extra scholarship. And he, you know, he he was a good role player for, especially against Penn State. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of flexibility for Turgeon with the lineups here. You know, the non-conference schedule is the time where, Coaches obviously play with their lineups a little bit more. Um, last year, I think Turgeon, he had so much talent on the team, it was sometimes a little bit hard for him to manage it. Um, it's kind of the first time he'd ever had that much talent. That's why before last offseason, you saw him talking to coaches like Kalapari and Bill Self about how do you manage all this talent? How do you manage some of the one-and-dones? How do you manage these McDonald's All-Americans? Um, hopefully he learned a little bit from last year, and he can figure out these rotations. Because really, ideally, you'd like to get these rotations figured out in the first couple weeks of the non-conference schedule. So, that that's the task for him is to figure out these rotations: who plays well with each other, um, where can you slot certain guys in, how much can you play Trimble off the ball, uh, can Jackson and Gill play the four? How much do you want to go with a 4 guard lineup or do you need these wings to step up most of the time? You know, those are the questions they're going to face this team. It's going to be exciting because he's got a lot of toys that he's going to be able to play with this season.
2: And it also seems um, with Cowan and Herter and um, now you've got Trimble back, Jared Nickens could not be any worse shooting the ball than he was last year. I think the the big thing about Maryland, about the 2015-16 Terps, was that they looked awesome when they were hitting threes and they were able to to move up and down the floor. And man, if if they could have just done that for like sustain that for a little bit longer in like a couple games, thing the season could have dramatically swung. You know, Um, so the fact that they're you know they've got these freshmen that are coming in that can shoot, uh, you know, brings some you know it it kind of calms me a little bit. It makes me think that, you know, maybe last year was just one of those years where, you know, they were just having a, a a bad shooting year and, you know, maybe it wasn't like all just like, Oh, they're having a bad shooting year, but maybe they have improved shooting talent this time around. Um, You know, that kind of makes me think that the offense might, might flourish a little bit more than it did last year. Cause that was uh, obviously the issue with last year's team. Um, definitely not the defense and, uh, you know, adding Jackson, he looks by all accounts, like a guy who can, uh, who can jump, who can grab rebounds. His wingspan is seven, three. Um, you know, that's, that's what we need. We need a, a guy with long arms who can grab boards. Like that's, that's been desperately missing for the Maryland teams for the last couple of years. Really. Uh, it's one of my, I am a, I'm a closet West Virginia guy. Don't tell anyone, but I, I did go there in a, in a past life for about two years. So, Um, I really like Bob Huggins and I, I love, uh, like how he, I mean, he puts teams together with with just basketball players and athletes. Um, there's not a whole lot of offensive, uh, game planning in that, but they all, they out-rebound everyone they play and I love it. And it's just these guys who can jump and have long arms and, um, they aren't afraid to get dirty. And he seems like that kind of guy that, uh, you know, Mark Turgeon teams have been missing, um, pretty much the entire time he's been here. So, let's hope that's kind of what he, what he molds into. And uh, hopefully something even better than that guy who can score some buckets as well.
0: Yeah. And I think the rebounding ability and the, the wingspan that you mentioned is going to be huge, especially when, when Mark Turgeon wants to go small, um, he can go small and use Jackson at the four and not lose a lot as far as rebounding goes. And that's, that's going to be important for this year's team. You mentioned some of the, some of the, the, Scoring woes from last season, some of the, the mm-hmm. shooting, the cold slumps. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Trimble was hurt and not playing his A game. You know, when he's healthy, he's driving and dishing. Um, he's opening up opportunities for everybody else, both underneath the basket and at the three-point line. Um, and he's scoring himself. I think... I've opened up more to the the idea of relying on the three-pointer. I don't think it's as taboo as it used to be in college basketball. I think you can build teams around guys who can shoot the three-pointer. It's what the NBA is now. It's what college basketball is now. That being said, I think a guy like Jared Nickens needs to be able to drive to the hoop a little more. If he's going to start at the three – And it looks like he's at least going to get a lot of playing time this season. He's going to be looked to as, you know, an upperclassman. He can't just be a catch-and-shoot guy. He's got to be able to move with the basketball. He's got to be able to handle the ball. He's got to be able to drive to the hoop. Because if you're not able to do that, and it looks like Gill and Jackson, while they're shooters first, they can also drive. Nickens can't really drive. So teams are going to be able to take that away from him. Um, They're going to be able to take the shooting ability away from him, and I think you saw some of that last season, along with the cold slump, and along with Melo Trimble, teams were keying on the three-pointer. So I think operating in transition is going to be important. Um, You got a lot of athletes, you got a lot of guys who can distribute, you got a lot of guys who can score, and you got a lot of guys with big wingspans like Jackson and Gill um, who can go up for you know the the exciting alley oops that everybody likes in transition. Um, So I think that's the way this team's built. It's going to be important for Mark Turgeon to to realize that because I feel like at times last year, he fell way too much into the slow half court offense when his team needed to run Um, this team and teams in the past, pretty much all of Mark Turgeon's teams, it seemed are better in transition and they get hot when they're in transition and the half court offense becomes better when they operate well in transition. So it's going to be important for him to let these guys run a little bit. And I think having a guy like Trimble at the point is going to help
2: with that. Yeah, I mean, one of their, la- their best games last year was against North Carolina when they were just running up and down the court. They looked awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, didn't didn't see that. I don't know. I don't really know enough about basketball and Mark Turgeon to accurately speculate why they don't run more or why he doesn't think that is like an effective way to you know execute his vision offensively or just execute offensively in general um it it does seem kind of weird because you know it 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 seems helpful it seems like, yeah, that's when good things happen but obviously he uh he kind of sees it differently and doesn't really like to uh to emphasize that as much um I, maybe it's because he is like a more of a defensive guy, but I, but I'll also be interested to see, you know, how he, you know, with you know, these five guards, uh, all of them, you know, talented to, to all good in varying degrees, but I kind of feel like this is what he's always been angling for. Like he's always kind of wanted to go guard heavy. So I wonder if we'll finally, you know, maybe we'll see something different, something a little more inspiring because this is what he's, you know, kind of wanted to go to offensively at least. I, I, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This is, I mean, this te- last year, you know, when we got, you know, the Rashid Suleiman news and the diamond stone news, like I, I feel like that's kind of comparable to what we're going through now. It, things were, I mean, obviously it felt different, but I just, I just feel like this team is like super intriguing because you've got the freshmen um, you've got Wiley who's coming off the injury. Um, you know, we don't still really don't know a whole lot about Brantley. Um. Then you got Jackson and Gill coming in. You don't know anything about them. And then you got Ivan Bender, who I am really excited to see play as well. So this is – um. you got a lot of interesting storylines flowing through this whole thing. And uh, more importantly than any of this, just looking at uh, the note sheet I have in front of me, uh, the best thing about basketball and anyone who, you know, talks about basketball on the internet and comment sections and message boards, et cetera – the best thing about basketball is that you can lay out the roster so easily and put it in front of you and then just speculate about it endlessly, which is um, kind of what, what we do. So it's uh, I I love it.
0: Yeah. It's going to be an exciting year in college park. I mean, last year, obviously when we got that news about Suleiman and about diamond stone, everybody was like, all right, number one team in the country. Um, And they were, you know, they were top three to start the year. um, And that hype was there. And then you had the Georgetown game right away. So uh, there really wasn't a period where we weren't amped up about Maryland basketball right at the beginning of the year. And then of course the months leading up to it were absolutely crazy. I mean, I have, I don't remember a, a Maryland madness that was that was as big as last year where you had all these new guys introduced. Um, but this year's going to be fun, especially with Trimble, you know, making the return. And, and like you mentioned, I think I'm, I'm really excited to see what Dion Wiley can do. Cause I feel like we got a little taste of it in this freshman year and, you know, he, we didn't get to see him make that freshman to sophomore year jump. Um, so I think this year is going to be huge for him. Um, to have a guy like Trimble to play alongside is going to be big for him, too. Um, he's going to be a huge part of this team, um, you know, as a guy who does have more experience than Cohen and Horder. Um, he's going to be a big part of the loaded backcourt uh, for the Terps. And I'm also excited to see what Jared Nickens can do. You know, I mentioned a minute ago, some of my questions about him. I'm excited to see him address those questions. I feel like um, if he can just do a little better drive in the basketball, uh, it'll open up opportunities for him um, on the outside where he's at his best. Um, and I feel like he, with the two years of experience that he's got, can be a really great player for the Terps this year. Um, and he can solidify the lineup a little more if you can pretty much pencil his name in at the three for every game. Um, but it's going to be exciting. And we, we got the Georgetown game again this year. It's in D.C. at the beginning, near the beginning of the year. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun year. They're they're absolutely loaded. And it just took two days to completely uh, turn around kind of the expectations for the season.
2: I uh, you have no idea we we really, I mean we 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 don't know each other that well personally, but like deep down inside of me, I'm like so for this this Maryland Georgetown game because I live less than a mile from the Verizon Center and oh man I you know you brought it up and now I'm gonna now I'm gonna dream about it all all evening it's it's gonna be a good time.
0: So what you're saying you brought- is party at your place before the Maryland Georgetown game.
2: Oh my God! Well, we'll pregame here, and then we'll hit the bars around the Verizon Center, and then we'll go. The last time I went to, uh, yeah, that's that's how it's going to go down. The last time I went to, I think the last time Maryland played at the Verizon Center was for the BB&T Classic, and they lost mm-hmm. to GW, I think. Um, and I definitely threw up in the Verizon Center from drinking so much beforehand. So. Uh, <laughs> It's, I'm glad that's buried at the end of this podcast, but uh, yeah, it'll be a good time and uh, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll certainly be a fun outing. So I think that's uh, that's all I've got on, on basketball talk for this evening. I don't know if you have anything else uh, you want to throw in at the end uh, about anything at all, really.
0: Uh, just a quick note about the lacrosse teams. Um, yes. You know, we're going to be watching them this weekend. The women and the men are both playing in Philly. Uh, the women are playing at PPL park. And the men are at Lincoln Financial Field, um, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, the men open up against Loyola, and the women open up against Syracuse. The women actually have the same path that they had last year when they won the national championship game. Um, they face Syracuse in the cor- in the semifinals, and then they're going to face they would face North Carolina.
2: Oh, uh...
0: game. Now North Carolina plays. Penn State I think um that's going to be a blowout um so it's 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 really interesting it's the same uh, it's always the same teams really I mean it's Syracuse Maryland and North Carolina for women's lacrosse um uh, I don't mean so to make it,
2: jabs at women's sports but that's is that how it is
0: <laughs> yeah it is there's there's not as much parity. it's just kind of the way it is um yeah. but it's it's going to be exciting to watch them they play tomorrow night and then the men and they would their championship game would be Sunday and then the men play Saturday and Memorial day if they win. So, um, it's going to be fun. I think for the men, um, I think if, you know, obviously it's that whole weird thing about how Maryland lacrosse is so good that they haven't won a national championship in like 50 years. Um, and 1976. I think, huh?
2: 1976 is the last exactly. time. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So 40 years. So this year, if the, if there is a year, um, I think this is the year. This Maryland men's lacrosse team is insanely talented, um, and I think uh, they've got you know they've got more of an easy road uh, since uh, since some of the top teams in the tournament went down early. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's got a local flavor to it too, with uh, with Loyola in there, um, and the women. Obviously, this is one of the best teams ever to play women's lacrosse um it may be the best team ever to play women's lacrosse um and taylor cummings looking to go out on top um so they're they're going to be fun to watch too
2: taylor i I gotta correct you uh turps are the men's team is playing brown and uh that is at 230 i'm gonna have a tough time there i'm gonna i guess i'll i'll be at the bar watching the the champions league so i'll have to get that on other tv but that's 230 Um, I read a good story about the women's team um, by Dan Steinberg in the Washington Post. You should check that out. If, uh, if you're into that sort of thing, but uh, they, I mean, it was all about saying that they are the best team in the Washington DC area, bar none. Um, And it's, it's very true, which is very impressive. I know. I know I just, I just joned on uh, women's sports for not having a whole lot of parody, but it, it doesn't make that kind of stuff any less impressive.
0: The lack of parity isn't as bad when you're the team on top. Um, for, yeah. for women's basketball, we can complain about it because UConn's on top. But uh, when you're on top, it's pretty nice. And, yeah, you're right. Maryland men's lacrosse, they play brown. Um, Loyola is in the tournament. So there's the chance for a national championship matchup um, against Loyola on Memorial Day.
2: Oh, wouldn't that be? Uh, I think they're playing UNC on the other side of the bracket. But wouldn't that be a rematch of two years ago, three years ago, Correct. when they lost to Loyola in the championship exactly. game? Exactly, 2012. I think I may be totally wrong. Oh my wrong. god!
0: I think 2012. So yeah, interesting little rematch there.
2: Oh my god! If it was 2012, life is just is just flashing before my eyes. That's <laughs> that's how I know.
0: But you know what else? Uh, the women have North Carolina on the other side of their bracket too. So you could have Maryland, North Carolina in both men's and women's.
2: That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. Well, um, let's get out of here on that. I think, uh, like we said last week, we were like, Oh, we'll go biweekly, but obviously that didn't happen. So uh, I guess i will bring you two weeks till you hear from us and we will, uh, we'll have a guest on, um, to talk about all this this basketball stuff that's that's gone down, and maybe we'll have another player on the team by then, which will be uh, cool to talk about. So, uh, I guess the the best way to stay in touch with the show, or, or just to, to get it when it's good, is uh, to subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can follow me at, at CT on Twitter. Zach, throw your throw your Twitter handle out there.
0: At BSL Zach Kiesel K I E S E L is the last name.
2: Way to go with the spelling. You're a, you're a company man throwing the uh, the BSL and uh, the handle there.
0: Absolutely. I do what Chris Stoner wants.
2: Love Chris Stoner. Great guy. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here on that. Uh, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you should listen to it while you're driving to Ocean City. Tell a friend. Subscribe on iTunes. Go back and listen to our, our Tim Stracham interview about football and uh, – We will see you next time.
1: Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter.